and there you go. You would think that would be automatic, but not so much. Well, well considering huh. it's for recording music by default, they put it in podcast. Yeah, all right, I'm just saying. <laughs> Although it is, if you've got a, if you if you've got a preacher that goes a little too long, maybe a metronome would be. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying I've gone to a couple of churches where he could have used, if nothing else, some sort of like a, an egg timer, you know, something. <laughs> like, like, I appreciate that. 17 minutes remaining. Right. Like, I appreciate that you're winding down, but we winded down a long time ago. That's right. Um, so, this is, it's funny, this is like five pages. This is really exciting. Um, when I was <laughs> when I was twenty uh, something years old, I don't know about you, but you know, I've, I've, has anybody actually been stolen from before? Right. So I was a, a waiter at a restaurant, and uh, it was a restaurant where it was very classy. It was a buffet. Okay. <laughs> right. But my buddy owned it, so here we go. Um, and, I had, and yes, I wore the green apron and the bow tie. Uh, kid you not but you'd have like 30 tables okay so it was like literally like bam 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 and when you're you know when the average you know customer two you know two top is like 10 bucks you, you tend to get some quarters in your uh deal so i um would put all my quarters in the in a little jar at home and then i would like at the end of the month i would cash it out and pay for like my truck payment and uh whatever so i come home one day from the waiter job and i smell like you know a, a buffet restaurant and I come in and the jar is gone, like gone, gone. Somebody been in there. And I don't, if you've ever had somebody break into your place before, you know that they don't, they're not nice about it, right? They're just throwing stuff around. Uh, so long story short, I decided I got to move because I had a whole bunch of music gear in there. And it occurred to me some, you know, jerk kid in the neighborhood stole my stuff. And once he realized how much music gear I had, that he'd come back for my little, you know, my gear so I got to move, okay? So I move like that weekend, okay? And in the process, my dog got ran over, which was kind of another story. But um, and I was really sad. I was like, we're removing the couch out. And he, uh, well, he, uh, he, uh, we had the couch um, this way, and one guy on one side, one guy on the other side, and it made a perfect bridge for the dog to run right between our legs and right out in the street and get run over um, right in front of us. So... Um, and then Shannon dumped me. It was like all in one weekend, I swear. So it was like 1992. And, uh, but I get to the new place, okay, and I got my little Mazda pickup, and I, I've unloaded everything, and I'm exhausted. It's late, so I just go to bed. I'm going to get up the next morning, go to work, and I'll just unload what's left in the front of the truck tomorrow. Get up in the morning at 5 a.m. because I work the breakfast shift, okay? If you talk about cheap people, go to the breakfast shift at the buffet, okay? It's like Shoney's. So... I wake up and the back window has been popped open and everything is gone. My removable stereo, like they used to make those, I don't know if they still make those or not, like you pull them out like a drawer, um, which is great except for they're very bulky. So yeah, that was in there, um, my answering machine and my phone from the house, my CD player, my disc man, huh? remember those? And my bag phone, they used to make phones that came in a bag, like the, you plug them in and you, you know, um, they took that. It was all gone that day. It, it was like there's nothing like the feeling of like getting in your car and knowing some jerk has been in here taking your stuff and completely violated. Of course, the irony being had I stayed at the other place, none of that stuff would have been stolen. Anyway, um, but um, yeah, 
I've had uh, an employee steal from me. Um, and she set up a great crime scene, by the way. Uh, like, led me through this whole thing of, oh, look, you know, this happened here, and this happened here, and this happened. And I'm thinking, wow, this is weird, you know? They, why would they have, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking, it's an inside job because I've been stolen from it. I know people don't just nicely put stuff around. They're, like, throwing stuff out and digging and, you know, yada, yada. And Anyway, long story short, um, we had a mea culpa at one point, and so she had to uh, not work for us anymore. Um, but, yeah, but anyway, I don't know. I mean, stealing, not good. Um, have you guys, anybody got any good stealing stories? Jay? He stole or? Oh. Well, that's next, so. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, don't go for that. I want to hear your steal, stolen story. Uh, break-ins, by the way, in the Franklin area. Um, I came to work, I don't know, whatever, month ago. Oh, it's been longer than I know. And b bottom line, the, the building's on either side of me, okay? The office on one side, literally once shared a wall with me, and the other side, both broke into it. It was like a pro job where they like went in there and drilled the door out and stole everything inside. And, and the funny thing is, is they didn't touch ours, and it was really stupid, because we have like tons of gear, TVs, I mean, all, it would have been a Hater, okay, but no, they hit the church office next door. Is Jay's mom going to be stealing my stuff? Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, things not to announce. I'm just getting someone else's office. It's an Antioch, <laughs> some Brettioch. Um, I'm just in the side of town. I'm not Sammy. I used to be. Um, but they took all my, they took their stuff, and I, we think later now that because our office looks like such a trash dump when you look in the front, like there's no furniture, there's no foliage, there's no nothing. They're like, well, this is clearly nothing going on in here. So they went to the really nicely decorated one right next door. Yeah. And now we know why. So, yeah. Um, so I sent some tweets out today about stealing. Anybody get any of those? Anybody disagree with any of them? Uh, yeah, I don't think she saw that. No, I said that uh, it's she. Yeah, she stole my heart, and it was okay. It's you know completely. If I'm gonna put it out like that, and then her not see it, it's kind of a waste of my pride. But uh, yeah, actually, and then my buddy Zito, who works for the Backstreet Boys, chimes in. I'm like, look, you can't be lecturing me on cheese. 
if you work for the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I say that out loud, at which point he says, but you, I, they paid for my pride or my dignity or something like that so, with a large check. So I'm like, all right, fair. Um, so, you know, whether it's a, I mean, I look, I live, I work in, a, in an industry that has been, in, in, it's unfair to say that it's completely been waylaid by stealing, but illegal downloading of music has not been very helpful for my little world, right? It's the, uh, and there's all, you can blame it on all kinds of things, but there's no question that, uh, that if you take somebody's music and they don't give you permission to do it, then that's stealing it. Now, sometimes they give it away. Like Esther Lynn last week, they give it away. Like literally, and we're planning to make our money on volume. Um, that was supposed to be funny. Um, free, you know, 10, anyway. Uh, that was a, it was a grenade joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. And starting now. Um, you know, taking office supplies, you know, all those things that, that have happened maybe in your life. I mean, again, I, I literally, when I was a little kid, the first crime I'd said that once that I was accomplice to was, can't say his name, um, went into Ben Franklin, the little dime store, and stuffed a Hot Wheel semi down his pants, okay, in third grade, and walked right out the front door. I was terrified, okay? It's like, I'm going to go to jail, you know? Uh, and, it, you know, and he was like real... He had some serious cred because his mom was in the pen. Like seriously, he lived with his grandma, uh, and his mom was locked up. So he was—he he introduced me to a life of crime that lasted about two days. So that's when I stole the bubble gum, and I didn't even enjoy it. Like that super bubble, like I took that, and I was like, I was so terrified that I didn't even enjoy it. Like I was like, this is it. So I swore off that for the rest of my life. Um, what's interesting to me is that stealing, thievery. Typically, we put it into the big dog category, right? If you've got a gun and you go into a bank and you say, give me all your money, that's thievery, okay? Or if you are, you know, Darren's former employee who walked in and filled up a bunch of cash and walked out the front door. We think of big ticket things like that. We tend to not, like always with spiritual things, we tend to give ourselves a pass on it. Um, interesting when Jesus in Matthew 5 starts clarifying some stuff about adultery and stuff. He doesn't actually go to stealing because it's kind of obvious, right? We don't have to, like, you know, look upon an item in lust to, you know, done in our heart. We're going to take it because that's what people do, right? We take things that we ought not to take. So the question then is, well, first of all, Luke chapter 3, when Jesus, when John the Baptist um, is announcing the way of Jesus, all right, the first, one of the first things he says, okay, Luke chapter 3, verse 10, he says to them, they're like, the people are getting baptized, and what do we do? And he says in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 10, they're, they're saying, what should we do then? We're, we're, we're going to follow the Lord. He's preparing the way of Jesus. This guy could have picked like a hundred things to have said, okay? Like, don't cuss, don't smoke, don't drink. You know, those things that we're told when we're growing up in church. But instead he says this. He says, don't. He says, uh, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none. The man who has food should do the same. Talking about generosity, that we should change the way that we live tax collectors, okay? Now, in our day, I own a company. I view tax collectors, um, yeah, like, you know, every year, I just, that feeling of like, oh, it's happening, and I've got to pay some guy who wears a bow tie a lot of money to tell me how much money I have to pay more, you know. But here's the thing. In our country, they technically aren't stealing it from us. Now, I know there's an argument to be made on Drudge Report or whatever that they are, Um but it's, like, it's a written law. In this day, the tax collectors 
were kind of like renegades. They would actually sweeten the pot a little bit for themselves. It's what happens today in third world countries. It's why in Haiti, billions of dollars of aid can go into a country and no, nothing can change because ultimately the, the leaders are enriching themselves. It's a career path, not unlike what we would go to college for. They're like, well, this is a great, great job. I can go in there and I can skim money. In 2004, in the presidential palace, they were, uh, they'd found millions and millions of dollars worth of American dollars stuffed away. Clearly had been skimmed off of something, okay? That's what these kinds of folks would do. We, we um, Pastor Lafleur, when, I think I can broadcast this, in Haiti, when they're building this thing, that you know, the local officials would come and say, oh, and all of a sudden there's a new fee or a new this or a new that. You know, it's like there's a little bit of that skim in the top. That's what tax collectors were. So you can understand why these guys were considered jerks. And he says to them, don't collect any more than you're required to, to tax collectors. And then some soldiers ask him, what should we do? And he says, don't extort money. Don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Great advice for us. Be content with your pay. Be, you know, and you're like, Darren, you have no idea how little money I make, especially if you make zero dollars. But be content, right? <laughs> and interesting that Zacchaeus, a few chapters later, okay, keep in mind, these are the kind of folks that when you see them come and you're like, you have no idea if they're going to steal more, how much they're going to steal. They have all this power. And so this guy named Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, that's what it says, actually not in the Bible, but in the song, <laughs> is the guy that Jesus, it says in verse 1 of chapter 19, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy, okay, rich. He was rich because he was stealing it. And so you can imagine the people around going, look, not him. It'd be like one of these third world country guys being taken in and saying, hey, this is the, our guy, you know, that's stealing from me. And Jesus says, I'm going to his house. And what I love is what happens in verse seven. There's a conversion that happens. And Peter says, or Zacchaeus says, that's right. I, you know, I'm following the Lord. And he stood up, verse eight. And says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Notice something, by the way, especially if you're feeling kind of like a jerk because you've stolen stuff. Like me. Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, you're a jerk. You got to fix all this stuff and then I'll come to your house. He came to his house anyway. And as a response to that, Zacchaeus says, okay, I'm not stealing anymore. I'm done. And as a sign of that, he says, I'm giving it all away to the poor. Half of my stuff, I'm giving it away. And so in Ephesians, okay, follow me on this. You see what Paul is writing about when he says, don't uh, let him who steals, steal no more. Hang on, Ephesians, just past Galatians. Hang on, turn left. Thessalonians, Colossians, backwards, sorry. Um, Ephesians 4, 28. He who has been stealing must steal no more. So if you're taking your office supplies from your boss, whatever, if you're spending a lot of time on the Facebook at work, stop it. This is what he's saying. Don't do that anymore. But you must work. Get a job. Doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. And so in this 
little vignette Paul gives me and you a little recipe for how to, how to not screw this up. And the first thing he says is what's to do with your hands. Do something useful with your hands. Work. I, I truly believe it. Jesus said, remember the passage, but if a soldier, in those days, you could just, if you were a soldier, you could say, hey, look, uh, Jeff, you got to carry my stuff for a mile. And you'd be like, geez, I had something to do, but, you know, you, you, you had to do it, okay? And Jesus says, if the soldier says to do that, go two miles. He says, it's give them twice as much as they're asking for. If we're working a gig, if we're working a job, whether we like it or not, we should be the hardest working people in that place. Just what Jesus is saying, this is prescription for us, because it's a witness, which is why Paul says, Everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. So if you've got a crappy job, okay, and I had some crappy jobs, literally shoveling crap, okay. Jesus said to work hard, do it twice as hard. Work hard with your hands. And he says not only work with your hands, but to outreach your hands, okay. I know this sounds Baptist, and I don't mean it to be. But, so not only work with your hands, but then reach out your hands, okay. He says to uh, give away that you might have something to share with those in need. What a great picture of what we're doing with conduit and honestly a great picture and i've said it before man when you're in the thick of it like when you're in haiti not only just giving in an offering but like if you're working at the kitchen in a soup kitchen downtown or serving in a in a place where there are those that are less fortunate than you are you are not really in the mood to do anything else that would dishonor the lord because you're so filled you're so full because you're serving the purpose god created you to do so not only are we to work hard with our hands we're to reach out our hands and then another picture that I think is Malachi chapter 3, where it says, shall a man rob God? And how do you rob him? So with your tithes and your offerings. And we don't have time to go into the argument tonight of whether tithes, you go to the local church or whatever. I believe that if, you, if your church is operating as a storehouse, absolutely take it right there. And in our case, what we do here with Conduit, what our local church does here at Journey, I know New River's involved in these things. A lot of the churches are in our community, is that we live openly with our finances, serving the community with it. So when you're taking it into the storehouse, you know, I would say, again, this is a whole conversation for a whole other night. Be responsible with where you take your tithe, but take it somewhere. Because if you don't, God says, you're robbing me. Malachi chapter 3. Jesus said in the New Testament, they ask about tithing, and he said, look, don't do away with the former, but do the latter as well. And we can, again, I wish we had time for that. It's not a tithing lesson. So live Work hard with your hands, reach out with your hands, live with an open hand to the Lord. And the last thing that I think, and this is, if there's anything I can say that you are going to get tonight, is this, and that is to look at his hands. The Islamic religion would say that if you steal, that your hand should be chopped off. And they take that quite literally, okay? This is not a uh, metaphorical thing. This is a literal translation that they go for. So you'll see people in Islamic countries who don't have a right hand because they've been caught stealing and they chop it off with a hatchet, okay? Jesus says, no, 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 just look into my hand, the hand that is scarred, the hand that has a hole in it, the hand that I can say, because at the end of the day, stealing is me saying, and I said this in the blog, that I don't really believe that God is providing for me in the way that I feel like it should be provided for. I need more money, I need more time, I need more uh, of ever. And so you know what I'm saying? So whatever it is you're stealing, if you really like, take it all down to the grassroot level, it's that. It's me saying, I don't really trust that God is providing for me. Romans, Paul says that God would, would uh, he'd not spare his own son. Would he not spare 
any good thing for you and for me. I think it's Romans 8. In Psalms 89, God says that he would withhold no good thing for those that love him. Now, here's the kicker. You might say, I might say, God, I wanted to sell a 1,000 tickets tonight, okay? I asked you for that. And the truth is this. No is just as much of an answer as yes is, okay? And so if I don't get that, now I grew up in a world where it's was like, well, I must have secret sin. I'm a, and you know what? The fact is, is God might just said no. He just might have said no. There's a storyteller from the olden days called O. Henry, not the candy bar guy. He was a columnist. And he wrote a story that I, I'm going to probably mutilate, but a guy was in Africa and he was given a monkey paw that was a magic monkey paw. And this magic monkey paw granted him three wishes, okay? So his first wish with his magic monkey paw was for a million dollars. He wishes it, and sure enough, within a couple days, he gets a phone call. He has a million dollars. Problem is, is he has a million dollars because his son was killed in an accident, and this was the settlement from the company giving him the million dollars. So he says, this is not at all what I wanted. This isn't how I wanted it at all. So he wishes that his son would come back to life, that he wouldn't be dead. So he gets a call, sure enough, that his son is back to life, except for that his son is in his mangled, like zombie-like state, eyes hanging out, disgusting, okay? That's not what he wanted either, right? He wanted his son back to life. That's what he wanted with all of his heart. So then the next day he wishes, okay, God, this is not what I wanted at all. I wish that he would, would pass away and would not have to live like this. And he wishes and the monkey paw gets it. Now, the point of this story being that we want these things that are great, that we think are so great, but I don't know, maybe that big, nice new house that I want, maybe it's the death of me. Maybe that vacation that I've always wanted to take, maybe God isn't giving it to me because of, we, we don't, you know what I'm saying? God knows this. The one guy, the one being in this universe that is an expert on you and an expert on me is God. And if he's not giving me something I want, there is a reason for it. And most likely is it because it is not something that I need at this point, that I can't handle at this point. You know, the, the rich and the wealth that I want so badly. And you look at all the rich people around you, you see that a lot of them are just really bummed out and depressed and sad. They got what they wanted, right? You go to Africa, you go to Haiti, and you know, we've said it before, you go down and you think these kids are going to be just completely depressed and sad, but they're not. They're full of joy. You know, so whatever it is, those things that we want, know this, that if we go to take it anyway, me saying, look, God, I don't believe that you've provided for me in the way that I want. I'm going to get it on my terms Remember just to look at his hands. In the hands of God himself ordained would be crucified. And Jesus himself willingly said, I'll take it for you. And we can say, if he'll do that for me, then I can trust that in due time, God will give me exactly what I need and exactly the time that I need it. I don't have to help him. He doesn't need me to be Holy Ghost Jr. to go out and take it for him, steal it illicitly, but he'll provide it for me. So that's our lesson on stealing. In a twist, okay, Jesus called Satan the thief. He said that the thief comes what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you can all down into those words. That's what Satan's gig is. When you look on Satan's business card, it's steal, kill, destroy. Okay, Chief killer, chief stealer, chief destroyer. One of the ways that he steals in our lives, and we talked about it last week, is with, it's with adultery, with things in a, in a marriage relationship. And, and Ben has offered to come and talk about some experiences that he had um, so we've talked about 
giving, you know, maybe 15 minutes for him to share and then for us to have some time maybe to interact with him and talk about that, talk about anything else we want to talk about tonight. But uh, it's pretty brave. I was like thinking, are you sure? You know, and he, and he absolutely does. Um, and we are stopping the webcast, right? Um, yes, yes. Let the webcast go, but stop the uh, Stop the recording. And we are landing.